Hello everyone and welcome to this Thin Air podcast for October 22nd, 2012. Uh, It's been quite a while since I recorded a podcast, probably about a year. And in that time, um, there's been a whole nother growing season, a whole nother summer, and a whole nother fall. So pretty amazing how quickly uh, time flies like that. Um, I don't really have anything planned. There's a couple things that have been on my mind lately that I wanted to maybe just talk through because I find them to be interesting. So I think we'll just dive in um, with the first, which is something that I've thought about and talked about with selective or selected people quite a bit. But um, that is the question of choice or the problem of choice. Um, my stance on this take, and this has been from, you know, my, my lifetime of both experiencing and exploring, but, uh, my stance on the matter is that choice is an illusion, just like, uh, time is an illusion or any of these, um, any of these things that exist purely in the mind when we reflect on a situation or when we um, analyze the world but we're living in our heads um, at that point and not in the actual what's happening. So to drill into that a little deeper, um, the idea being that we all tend to look at the world in terms of choices. And I think especially in our um, Western Uh, culture, that almost becomes the essential piece of what it means to be an individual, what it means to be a good person versus a bad person. I mean, it really is this crux of existence from our worldview. Uh, Most children's fables and even popular movies and all of these things boil down to, well, you have a choice. And depending on the choices you make, you'll either go for the side of good or the side of evil, or you'll either be successful or you'll be unsuccessful, or whatever the outcome is. Um, We tend to look at our position in life as the sum total of all of our choices. And my stance is that that is a fiction, that that is something that we um, create during and through the process of uh, thinking and evaluating things that have already been or things that will be coming. But I guess this could be boiled down to be said that a choice never exists in the present. Um, And the present being the only moment that there is, you see uh, from those two statements that it supports my thesis that there is no choice. So what is a choice then? Because obviously we feel like we're making choices and we feel like there's good choices and bad choices and obviously if I do something and the outcome is bad I can say well there was a choice that led to the action that resulted in the unfavorable outcome Uh, so so where is this illusion coming from and my take on this would be that there there are only actions And even that is kind of a flimsy description of whatever the whole thing is that's happening. Um, Again, without resorting to some of these these sticky words like the Tao or, you know, one of you know one of these terms that have been invented to try and encompass the entire 
you know, the whole thing happening. Um, that is what is. That is the, the ultimate ground of being. And that is a... Uh, you see, this is where it's hard to define, but I would say that the better definition would be one of continuous process and continuous action and continuous, ever-moving, ever-changing um, a flow, basically. And uh, it's interesting because taking this approach, we can start looking at some other examples in nature. And remember, humans are just a different part of nature. And the only thing that's really different about us is that we have the uh, capacity to analyze things and put things in our little mental boxes and push them around and try and make sense of them. But what we're doing is the same as what everything is doing. So let's look at nature for examples of um, anything and try and figure out where the choices might exist. So uh, first and foremost, speaking of a stream, uh, it's interesting because when you look at a stream, there are so many things that add up to what it's doing and where it's going and how it's flowing and every little bump and every little particle and every little everything that is that system is part of the whole process of it flowing. So when you look at a, uh, a water canal or a, you know, a canyon and you see all these twists and turns and all of these things, if that stream were a person, we'd say that they were choices. We'd say that, well, it chose to turn left because it was more favorable there or, I mean, that's what I guess I'm getting at is that it's, it's almost absurd to think of a stream in terms of choosing. Uh, we know that what it is doing is following a path of least resistance and um, flowing where gravity is taking it and every little obstacle it comes up against. There's a whole hydrodynamic, you know, however we want to define it with our uh, numbers and statistics. There's a, there's a whole hydrodynamic system of flow that is ultimately resulting in these forms that we see. And I guess that's another important term for me to describe here. And I don't know if the uh, microphone will pick up these leaves falling. It's quite beautiful. I'm, I'm sitting at the uh, flower gardens um, on Remington and a gust came up and now all of the leaves are floating in the air. Uh, so, and hopefully this doesn't put too much of a breeze into the mic. So, um, the idea of uh, form and form being the underlying product of an entire process, because a stream flowing is really a process, or a tree growing is really a process, or an animal digging a burrow or living, or anything that you care to look at uh, doesn't really have a beginning and it doesn't really have an end. It is a continual flow from you know, wherever we want to draw the start and finish line, you know, if you want to start at the Big Bang or before it or what, you know, however far back we want to try to um, interpolate or extrapolate, um, the flow is, is continuous and it's only us that are putting in the little uh, chunks that make it look like it's a, a, a sum product of things. Um, so I'm getting a little bit off course here, but what I'm trying to get at is that, you know, if you look at a hornet's nest, you see all these little, you know, catacombs and little tunnels and all the, you know, the structure of the whole thing that they built. And at every moment of that building process, there is action happening. But the question is, is it a choice? Is the, is the insect itself faced with two outcomes and it picks one over the other? 
And I guess that's really what this boils down to, is that when we think of choices, um, we think of them in terms of the, the one that was selected and the ones that weren't. And a lot of the times we even put more of a focus on it and say that there was, you know, two or three different choices or however many that we, that we want to put. It's that same kind of trying to take a stream flowing and breaking the pieces of it into, you know, buckets of intelligible water. But just as a, you can't have a river flowing once you scoop it up in a bucket, you don't really have that flow of life and existence happening once you chunk it into these um, pinpointed decisions or these ideas of a of different outcomes that could have or might have been. So um, to try and get back to what I was originally uh, driving towards is that these choices that we all think that we're making, they really only exist, in my uh, stance on this, they only they only exist when we're analyzing a situation. And that situation is never the one that's actually happening. For example, and this is where, you know, the, the choice problem gets fun is because you can sit there and you can, you know, look at an object and say, well, I have the choice to either pick that up or not. You know, I, I'm holding a clenched fist and I encourage you to do this as well. Uh, clench your fist and, you know, that fist is eventually going to open at a moment of your action and sitting here, I'm thinking about, well, when that happens, it will be because I chose to do it. But in the moment that it's actually happening, it's just the happening. And so now that it's already, so now I've opened my hand and looking at this, I saw the choice coming and then the hand opened and now I'm looking back and I say that I've made the choice. But in the actual thing happening, there's just, I don't know if that's a choice. It's, it's a, it's a, it obviously happens at the moment that my brain sends a signal. But the argument that I'm making here is that it's not a, a yes or a no um, at the same time, I guess. I think that's the, the tricky part about choices is that people tend to think of both outcomes as being real. That, you know, I went to school in Colorado and because of that, the life that I could have had in California or wherever else I might have gone to school that I could have chosen to go, you know, isn't happening. But that is where people um, create these alter possible worlds that, you know, drive them crazy. Should I have married this person? Should I have done this? Should I have, uh, you know, bought this car over that car? Whatever it might be that um, we live with these other outcomes in our heads that are not, um, to get back to the fist, you know, once that fist is open, in my thinking about it, I now see that it's open, but I'm carrying with me the concept that it was once closed and that if I hadn't opened it, it still could be closed. Yet there's only the open, the open hand. Uh, incidentally, another little fun problem is, uh, okay, so here's a fist. Uh, you know, I define that as a fist, as a thing. And then once I open my hand, where did the fist go? Uh, these all just get back to problems of, of language and thinking and putting things in these boxes. But, um, and that's a little off topic, but it's something fun to consider. So let me, let me try and get back to making a point, if any. Uh, because I think this comes up a lot. And I think that people are constantly uh, almost crazy with making choices. And more than making choices, making good choices. And my uh, thing that I would offer is to maybe start thinking of uh, your life and the things that you do, not in terms of choices that you're making, as much as actions that you're taking. And that might sound again like 
splitting uh, metaphysical boxes or being you know, caught up in semantics and definitions, but I think that when you take that position, it makes your life more enjoyable because a choice is sticky. A choice always carries with it an outcome that didn't happen or outcomes that are to happen but might not, but it's got this stickiness to it, this uh, living with your foot in more than one place and time. And when you stop thinking in that way and start thinking in terms of actions, uh, all of that goes away and you become light and you and the things that you're doing are the product of you and who you are and the uh, stimulus that you're constantly um, feeling and moving. Um, I think the reason why I decided to do this today was because um, I, I finished a project yesterday and I was really excited because I've been working on it for a long time and so this morning I was going to uh, spend a little time for myself and maybe take my guitar up on top of Horsetooth uh, Mountain or uh, Horsetooth Reservoir and record a song and pretty quickly I realized that I had no idea where my car keys were and I searched and searched and couldn't find them so I found myself walking um, walking my bike all of my plans uh, pretty much had fallen apart I couldn't bring my guitar or any of the other uh, things that I wanted to and I found myself basically stuck because I had some conceptions of what I was going to you know what my choices were for today and and I was balancing them, balancing them all against this uh, array of responsibility and things that needed to get done and time management and this whole thing and trying to make the best choices for the day. And I found myself really kind of stuck um, at a point where I didn't know what to do. I couldn't flow on. And this uh, gets back to one of the, the essential pieces of um, Zen training is that a, a Zen monk or a Zen person uh, one of the things that is characteristic of their uh, of their personality is that they that they never get stuck, that they're always just flowing on. That you could walk up to some Zen master and just you know shut face, and he without having to think about it, you'd never catch him off guard. He'd always just be flowing right back at you. And so, um, obviously, being one who thinks about these things a lot, it is uh, you know frus frustrating to be faced with these. Um, moments of indecision, and I think I'm probably uh, one of the worst at this, that um, can very easily get stuck when there are all of these options, you know, and again, it is looking at this problem in a, in a, in a certain way, in a certain flavor, that is um, not the only way to, to look at the, the course happening, because the thing that's interesting here is that the the, the process of making choices, I'm not saying that that isn't real. I'm not saying that we don't stop and we don't think about what we want to do and we don't plan and we don't strategize and we don't um, you know, approach things in this way. Obviously, my whole little story about this morning was about you know, coming to a place where I was halfway between my house and um, some places that I could be going and I got this moment of you know, analytical pushing things around and um, there came a point where all of the choosing and all of the thinking really just kind of disintegrated into the action happening. And you could say that, well, I made a choice. I decided to, uh, you know, but that's the thing is that now as I look back over uh, the, the path that I've taken this morning or the, the flow that I've taken this morning, 
Um, I could, you know, take that flowing stream and break it into these buckets of water that are standing still and say, well, you know, when I got to that intersection, I decided I wasn't going to go to Wild Boar, that I was going to come in the direction of the CSU library. And then as I got closer, I saw the bushes and thought they were pretty, all of the, uh, you know, the flower garden. And then I sat on a bench and then the sun was warm, so I moved and all of these things can be kind of broken into this uh, story of choice um, with each, each moment of that process being um, the, the selection of one course of action amongst a myriads. But sitting here now on this bench and realizing just how strange all of these little occurrences were, um, it feels a lot more like that stream that brought me here, that uh, it wasn't, you know, I was making choices, but those, those choices were just part of this one stream. And the, the wiser view of things is to not look at the choices I've made and um, try and find the good or the bad in them and say, well, if I, would have been, if I would have gone to Wild Boar, I would be working now and that would have got me farther in the progress that I need to make and this and that, like the whole um, weighing of the good choices against the bad. But the absolute fundamental truth right now is that that alter universe of me working and making progress is not existing, that it is not happening, except in my own analysis of what could be. Let's see if I can come back and maybe attack this from a different angle and try and get, you know, squeeze a few more drops of uh, interesting consideration out of it. Uh, so let me, let me look at it this way. So what, what is the problem? I know I've kind of talked about this. And... Um, even a, even a problem, this is the same, the same um, notion, this whole um, a problem is our assessment of a situation um, in which we see that the, the process leading to it and then the situation itself is somehow negative. I think a problem is um, generally in the negative. And um, in, this, in this whole worldview or um, way of approaching things, the, the stance is that, the, that there is no problems other than the ones that we decide and that we uh, make. You know, when you, when you make a problem, you're basically taking that surgical knife of um, analytical reasoning consciousness and drawing a line somewhere between um, what you see as good and what you see as bad, and the problem being everything past that line that is bad. And uh, when we try to get at the root of our problems, we try and find where that line is. We try and find, well, where did it cross from good to bad? And we uh, look at things in terms of these, um, well, again, our way of looking at a system, a flowing system, is to, this is perfect, all right, this is cool. I think um, this will be a fruitful line of thought. So uh, let's take a, let's take anything. Um, here's the thing, that when humans think the only way to think, because you can only think of one thing at once. I mean, the word thing and the word think are almost identical. And a thing, um, as Alan Watts says, a thing is a think. It's a unit of thought, right? So you always are having these thoughts in this strand of think, think, think. And because of that, because we have to break things or, you know, not... See then, I mean, even there, things. I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about the whole you know, again, words, uh, the Tao, the flow, the universe, the whatever you want to term it, this whole undifferentiated sea of existence and being and doing and happening. And in order to think about it, I have to thing it. I have to break it into chunks so that my mind can 
you know, analyze one and move it, and then analyze another and move it. And uh, this gets back to uh, calculus. Calculus is our way of taking something like a curve, and in order to think about it, we have to thing it. And so calculus is the process of breaking curves into points. And the argument being, and this is the whole, you know, theorems of calculus say that if you do that process enough times, you'll get approximately close to what that curve is. Even though um, we know from, from the, the proofs of calculus that we'll never have the actual 100% resolution, that what you're always doing is you're just adding more points to a curve. Does that make sense? So if we have an arc and you draw a point at the beginning of it and the end of it, that is the lowest resolution you can have. And then if you draw another point in the middle, you get kind of this, you know, angled shape that is, that is more approximate to that curve. And then if you put points between those and points between those and points between those, you know, you're, you're still using a straight line. And that's the thing is that consciousness is, is inherently square. Um, you know, we take this wiggly, uh, undifferentiated world and we put up boxes both in our mind and in our architecture and in our, in our rationing, you know, everything gets reduced to these lines. And so uh, in the same way, what I'm driving at here is that when we look back at any process happening, remember I was talking about trying to find the root of a problem, the only way that we can think about that arc, that story arc of a life happening, is to break it into a calculus of sorts, into this net, this net product of choices that, um, you know, making lines out of what is inherently a continually curving object, you know, making these little chunks. And so uh, getting back to my example of finding myself here on this bench, you know, when I look, look back and I start telling myself the story of how I got here, um, you know, the things that stood out to me that were outstanding are, um, you know, these, these moments of choice, you know, the choice now being that word for drawing a straight line across a curve, you know, making this approximate jump from one point to another um, using my own intellect and my own um, analytical uh, capacity for thinking. So I have, you know, when I, when I think about it, I have, you know, the street corners or these big obvious changes. Or, you know, when I left my house and I decided not to take my guitar that I at one point had with me. All of these things that were the, the um, again, outstanding, um, you know, standing out against this background of everything happening. These are the things that I'm drawing the points between. But uh, if I really, you know, how much resolution do I want to get? Because if I if I look at every little sub subset of that curve, um, you know the, the the points between leaving the guitar at home and making it to that intersection, uh, you know that could be one big chunk. Or I can go in and drill down to all of these little, you know, well I stepped here instead of there. I, you know, kicked a leaf or I didn't. I mean, all of these, you know, and this is again not so much what actually was as much as my only way of interpreting it is to break it into this kind of a calculus. And in the same way that I can look backwards at things, uh, looking forwards, um, you know, I know at some point today I'm going to eat. I know at some point today I'm going to have to send some emails. Like all of these things are the are the dots on the page. They're the outstanding, um, you know, points on this background of the whole thing happening. And I'm thinking in terms of well, which point am I going to am I going to trend for? And that becomes this, uh, you know, calculus extrapolated forward. Um, but still, uh, I mean, I guess that's what I'm getting at is that that is a, a process of our own thinking about a situation. 
And this is where, you know, all of these interesting things kind of turn to dust in your hands because you want to have something that you can hold from, from a thought like this. You want to have some tool or some new, uh, new capacity for making better choices, I think, is the problem. I think that, that is the problem a lot of the times is that we, we put up these straw men and knock them down with um, this great reasoning. But, um, but the reasoning itself is always trying to come back up on itself. The reasoning is trying to reason um, and contain itself. And that's why ultimately, uh, no, matter what, no matter what point you're driving at, no matter what um, theory or theorem or whatever it is that you're trying to come up against, um, you're never going to be able to do it because you're, you're using a tool to try and define the tool itself. You know, just like a chisel can't chisel itself, you know, the, the mold itself can't become, become itself. You know, you, the mold can't be a mold of itself, uh, I guess. So what's my point? I don't think I have one. Um, I just think it's fun thinking and talking about these things and especially this uh, idea of choices because if you think about how you think, and if you listen to how people talk, and if you listen to the way people present the whole world to you, um, starting from being a little kid, as far down the line as you want to go, it, it, you know, the whole thing is presented to us in terms of this calculus, in terms of these, you know, well, little Johnny, you know, make good choices, uh, you know, you're going outside to play, you know, make good choices, don't do anything that's going to get you hurt, or you know, don't make bad choices, they're going to lead to bad outcomes, and uh, all the way up through, you know, our, gosh, everything, our, um, our political process of choosing a candidate, and, you know, I mean, the way we dress, and the, the styles that we go for, and, I mean, the whole world is presented to us in this culture, that's the thing, it's not every culture, but it's our culture um, in a big way. Everything is put on us as, um, you know, you are an independent action, or an independent agent, and the, uh, the capacity you have, first and foremost, is one to make uh, choices. And that is the, the crux of a, of a human existence, is these choices. And so I just offer this to you as food for thought, because if you start to um, look at things in this broader sense, and I think um, really to do this justice, I'm, I'm going to need some sort of a conclusion. So let me um, take all the stuff that I've just said and maybe put it in some better packaging um, things I've said before earlier, but uh, just ways that um, that this can be distilled down to the uh, most essential form that you can take with you um, as you go through this culture and and make your choices. So, uh, in in summary, my argument is that uh, choices are a product of the mind; that they are a product of our own analysis and that a choice always exists in our minds and therefore it's always existing in the past or projected into the future but choices as we tend to think of them do not exist in the present you can't make a choice in the present put it that way uh, you, you, you can act uh, you can move you're constantly moving you're constantly in action that's the idea is that um, even though there is this component of, you know, your actions are based on this whole, you know, computer that's constantly ticking away in your head that's, you know, churning through these different probabilities and outcomes and this whole thing that uh, don't confuse what's going on in the head for what's going on in the, in the process happening. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's interesting. 
Well, I guess put it this way, because I can't, that's the thing, is I'm, I, I don't think I'm trying to argue that people don't sit there and think about what they want to do and then do something. But um, the, the point that I'm getting at is that, that something will always happen and that that something is in unstoppable, that that is the, that is the flow of this river that we are all um, not, not just floating along on, but we actually are the river itself. And so uh, the, the stickiness of the, of, the, of the choosing is part of the way that we think, and it's part of the way that we're conditioned, and it's part of that stream. I mean, you can almost think of it as the little uh, rocks in the stream, or when you drop a, uh, you know, a coin into like a plinko board with all the little nails, and it's kind of, you know, bumbling its way and kind of, you know, taking that through that through that maze of little pins. That is, to me, a great image of what it means to make choices. But the other way to look at it is that once you let go of that coin, once that coin is in motion, and that coin really has always been in motion. Before it was a coin, it was materials in a rock, and it was moving, and it was it became a coin, and then it was in your hand, and then it dropped, and then it went through this plinko board. Like the whole thing is one process happening, and that coin is not making a choice at each intersection. Um, it's the same as a monkey with a head full of thoughts. You know that gravity and those uh, forces and the friction, or you know however we want to term it. You know, all of those little things interplaying are the same as a monkey going through its day with all of the change rattling around in its head. Um, it'll eventually come to that lowest, uh, lowest point, you know, always flowing towards that lowest point. But um, the process that got it there is uh, it's your choice <laughs> how you want to look at it. So, um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll leave that. It's your choice to choose but you don't have to. Whew, that was fun. Um, that was a, a fun little uh, excursion into, again, um, you know, using, using thoughts and thinking to try to prove the fault in thoughts and thinking will always get you, uh, it'll take you down rabbit holes and then um, you'll find that you never really left. So I'll uh, leave it at that. And I will um, pick up next time with another Thin Air podcast. So uh, thank you for letting me invade your head. And until next time.